understanding, of course, that it's going to take years and years, but momentum can begin with one relationship that becomes two, one property that becomes a portfolio. So really anything you can do in the brokerage world to build momentum, I encourage people to do. Say yes Mm -hmm. to the rep. You know, there's a lot of younger brokers out there that I feel like are pretty choosy with their deals. When I first started, I would basically do any deal. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to another episode of Weiss Advice. I'm your host as always, Yona Weiss. Excited to be here today with Justin Ryder all the way out in Kentucky. How are you doing today, Justin? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. What an honor and a dream to be on the, the most famous podcast in commercial real estate. You know, I wish that were true. We're not yet the most famous podcast in real estate, but, you know, striving for that. So I guess that's the goal to get there one day. But we're uh, excited to talk to you. I mean, really, to be honest, we're just having conversations with people. We've been connected for a while. I've done, done some amazing things through LinkedIn. You've participated in a couple of the, the LinkedIn challenges, which currently at the time of this recording, we're in the midst of one, which I don't know how either of us are taking any time off to get away from that because it's pretty time consuming. Wouldn't you agree? It is. Yeah. You know, you're in a LinkedIn challenge if you go back to your phone and you have 300 notifications, but this is my fourth and it's been probably the number one thing I've done to learn LinkedIn and being able to do that with the in the benefit of the commercial real estate community at the same time has been super fun. When I say learn LinkedIn, I mean, what do I post to actually get people to interact with? How do I get clients from mm-hmm. it? How do I meet great people and learn first, you know, both locally around central Kentucky, which is my market. So I'm very passionate about people and businesses here, as well as all over the country, all over the world. That's awesome. So let's just bust some myths right now. Have you actually gotten any business directly out of LinkedIn? I have. There you go. Yeah, I've made re- real dollars <laughs> tied to having a LinkedIn presence that helped me, I guess, recruit a client or meet someone that turned into a client relationship. So That's awesome. And I believe you have referred me, Yona. So I actually owe you a huge thank you. Let me say on the airwaves here, thank you for <laughs> referring me to someone who actually bought property in my market in central Kentucky and closed the deal. That all came from LinkedIn, which is pretty cool. That is amazing. And it really goes to the power of you know what we're learning and what we're teaching about LinkedIn is it's branding more than anything else. People recognize you as you know who you are, what you do. You know, you're specific to central Kentucky. When anyone thinks of central Kentucky and multifamily properties, if you're doing it right, they're gonna think of Justin Ryder. That is really, you know, that's, that's right. what the goal is. And that's, you know, same too with me. People think of cost segregation. You know, someone posted last week something like, how do you spell cost segregation? You know, Y-O-N-A-H. Like, that's how you spell it. So, you know, if you got the branding right, <laughs> people will make that recognition. And ultimately, business is bound to come through that. Yeah. How long have you actually been in the commercial real estate space? Since 2018. And have been in Lexton that whole time with SVN Stone Commercial Real Estate. So you mentioned branding. By the way, I'm mm-hmm. broadcasting live from the capital of urban country in Lexington, right? So oh, nice. branding is actually a concept that came from bourbon. Back in the day, you would just order 
I'll take whiskey. And then bourbon companies started to brand the barrels. So people said, I want that particular brand. So that's always been a fascinating concept to me. Wow. Learned something new there about branding. Yeah. So SVN is a brand I'm really passionate about. I love the, you get 50% of the commission, hundred percent of the time makes a huge difference to us and therefore to our clients. So I've been with SVN since the beginning. My broker, Matt Stone is a best friend of mine. He has owned the company since 2016 and invited me into it. So it's been the really the opportunity of a lifetime, as many of us know who are in the commercial real estate space. More doors have opened in ways that I did not expect doing deals. Mm-hmm. And you know, I consider myself extremely lucky to be where I am. It is having the right people in your network and having those right opportunities, but more taking those opportunities when they present themselves. Because you know, I believe most of us and everyone listening to this, I'm sure, and everyone in the world has opportunities presented to us or in front of us all the time, and we just don't know, you know, to take it. I mean, I know you'd mentioned earlier you were in the nonprofit sector for a while before you got into commercial real estate. I had a nonprofit for many years and was doing that space. And, you know, I never really cared so much about business and about finance and all that kind of stuff. I really cared about helping people and trying to, um, you know, do good for the world and for my community. And one amazing thing that I found was that in the real estate world, and especially the community that I've really found through um, LinkedIn mostly, but in general, is that the people are mm-hmm. the majority Obviously, there's some bad apples, but the people are good people and they are trying to make a difference in the lives of others in a similar way. Just combining that with business and combining that with profit, which is you know definitely not a bad thing. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I agree. Taking advantage of the opportunities when presented to you and you know teaching. Like My favorite LinkedIn creators that I follow are consistently teaching people and mostly financial education. And, you know, now I'm Mm -hmm. very familiar with what cost segregation is and the benefits of it. Before I started following you and looking into it, I really wasn't. And I think your average person starting in this gig is probably not super familiar with how much they can help their clients by saying, have you even considered this? So I did see someone on LinkedIn recently post like, does anyone know a cost segregation specialist that can help me? And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) This has to be a joke. How does he not know Yoda? I don't get it. So, and then 50 people commented and said, you know, you have to meet this guy. So, yeah, it's incredible. But again, it goes back to the point about branding there that you just put yourself out there and, you know, people aren't going to know everything. You only know something once you know it. And for a lot of people, especially people starting out in commercial real estate or starting out, they don't know the basics and it just, it does take time and, you know, grateful to be a resource in the community for that. And hopefully, you know, for many other things as well. I did want to ask you about specifically real estate, commercial real estate, multifamily, something you're focused on clearly is, have you found yourself, have you been able to actually get into any deals in terms of investing side or are you mainly just, you know, still focused on the brokerage side of things? Yeah. You know, I've been very blessed to see some opportunities come up mostly in the industrial space through groups of mm. a few guys that I, I work with, colleagues of mine that have you know gone in together and bought investment properties. Lexington is about 340,000 people. We're a little sports town in tip of the South in Kentucky. So when it comes to, do I just do multifamily? It is much better to specialize, obviously. And I think any commercial real estate training will teach you, you need to specialize. 
I probably lean into investment property with an emphasis right. on multifamily. So I do do industrial deals, multifamily deals, retail deals. And because of that, you know, I continue to get looks in other property types besides just apartments. But yeah, the, the goal is to invest. My CCIM, one of the CCIM professors I had told the class that brokers make a good living, but owners get rich. And when you hear things like that, you think, okay, this is something I really need to focus on. Right. A few people I follow <laughs> on, I know you follow Maurice on LinkedIn as well, who talks about lifestyle design and basically yeah. covering your expenses in such a way that you establish freedom. And so that's something that's become really important to me as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And industrial, I mean, is an amazing, mm -hmm. incredible space to be in right now. And Lexington in general, Kentucky is kind of centrally located. You know, it's a really, really centrally located place in the Midwest there that you're really, you know, pretty close to the East, pretty close to the, you know, South, you can get to really almost anywhere from there. So that's a lot of industrial. Yeah. Yeah. We're a day's drive to 80% of the country and my area in particular, Fayette County, we're surrounded by horse farms. You know, we're, mm -hmm. we're the horse capital of the world. So because of that, we're not expanding much mm -hmm. and our property tends to hold its value really well. So industrial land is pretty rare around us to find a good deal and, you know, to find, so a lot of owner occupant stuff, you know, we do a lot of business right. with owner occupants that are willing to typically pay more than an investor because they want to establish their business around a growing part of Kentucky, but great area overall. That makes sense. For sure. Typically speaking, it makes a lot of sense in terms of someone who has a business and they need the, you know, the supply chain, you know, from their business to the rest of the country or wherever. Oftentimes I've heard from industrial brokers that, you know, if you can find industrial land near a transportation hub of any kind, like an airport or a train hub or, you know, something like that, that's ideal. Obviously there's a lot more cargo coming in and out once you have a transportation up there. Yes. And that's right where we are. I mean, highway 75, 64, mm -hmm. those intersect right near Lexington. So we're in a great spot and we're trying to take advantage of that, trying to understand how to work with the city. You know, some of the biggest challenges that we face, they're not unique to other parts of the country, but it is getting development deals approved by the city, mm -hmm. you know, understanding what actually can get done when it comes to rezoning an ag land, you know, a piece of ag land that might have lights on it in the future, or those battles are happening in Lexington right now as we speak. So we're right in the midst of that as brokers, val you know, putting value on things, marketing, selling, and having a great time. Yeah. That's awesome. What would you give maybe some tips or advice? We like to call this the Weiss Advice Podcast for a reason, but yeah. some tips or advice. I mean, you have a lot of experience. The past few years have been doing this full-time. You have the CCIM designation, which does take a lot of work and a lot of mm -hmm. you know learning education to get through that and to get that qualification. So congratulations. It's pretty, what's the word? I'm blanking on words today. It's, it's a class you know, above everyone else, really. It's something that not a lot of people have. Well, thank you. No, I appreciate that designation. Very hard work to get to it. Obviously requires a portfolio as well. That has been a thing that has won me business to do that. And I would say right. when you talk about advice, if you're a new broker out there, you're looking to get into even the investment side, mm -hmm. just take commercial real estate 101. You don't have to finish the whole deal, but you will understand from 101 how to look at an individual property as a business. 
you know, something that many of your listeners probably take for granted. But if you are in that early brokerage period and considering it, learning that pre-debt, post-debt, pre-tax, after-tax, even feeding into Mm -hmm. what you do with cost segregation, it is invaluable to understand property. And honestly, to be frank, I mean, I don't know how else to say this, but I fell in love with commercial real estate in CCIM 101. Like I had an amazing professor, Blaine Strickland, who writes about commercial real estate. For sure. He's written a couple books. One is Adapt, and he's a sort of a commercial real estate broker coach. You know, he was a broker developer and has turned into a a coach. But he taught my 101 and just said, you know, we're looking at the time value of money on a T graph. And I was like, I don't really understand this. I think more in story, not as much in numbers. And then he said, Mm -hmm. well, here's how you explain this over coffee. You just say to someone, hey, here's how the movie started. Here's what happened along the way. And look, this movie had a great ending. (laughs) Instantly, I was like, oh, I get it. Like we're charting the story of a property of a business and justifying that with the numbers. So, you know, after that, I just never looked back. Like it was like, I can really dig into this and understand it from a mathematics perspective as well as a story perspective. Yeah, that's awesome. It's always good to have good teachers. As someone who was a teacher for many years myself, it's hard when you don't have a good teacher to really grasp things. But right. I'm really curious, actually, now, since you mentioned earlier, talking about you know industrial and, and retail and some other areas of real estate that you are that you deal with in the brokerage, for some reason, I thought it was solely multifamily for some reason. So that was my mistake starting out. But I am curious to know in terms of oh. Lexington, it's a great example because it's a great market. It's a market that has a lot of growth and typically has had a good amount of Cash flow, you know, in terms of especially multifamily, it's a pretty solid market, yet it's tertiary. It's off the map a little bit for a lot of people. You know, you're talking about people who are looking at the Tampas and mm-hmm. the Atlantas and the Charlottes and these type of places. You know, they're not getting necessarily to the secondary or the tertiary markets. What do you think differentiates that? And what types of investors are you actually seeing coming in to these? Are they mostly local investors or are you getting people from everywhere now? I've got clients right now that are saying, Shh, please don't, <laughs> please don't say, you know, Lexington is a bit of a honeypot for certain clients that I've worked with, that others have worked with who are coastal, I would say, because they've discovered a place we're not expanding. So within our rents, the numbers are pretty impressive what's happening. You call it over the last 10 years, rent growth is has far exceeded places in the country that people have flocked to. Call it your Nashville, which is, you know, four hours away from us, or even Louisville an hour 15 to the West or Mm -hmm. Southeast places like Charlotte. I think more people are going to focus on tertiary markets as vacancy rises in those bigger cities. And especially places they can find where the supply is, you know, for us is sort of arbitrarily constricted. Like Lexington is choosing not to grow in certain areas. So value is going up with the existing properties like Mm -hmm. multifamily properties. That makes sense. You mentioned that you have the horse farms surrounding the city. That makes a pretty natural constriction to growth. Right. But how are people finding us? We're marketing property to the world. And so people are Mm -hmm. like, wow, okay, let me study this market. I've had more than a couple of people come over from Louisville and say, I had a great investment experience in Louisville. I'm looking for something similar. I had a uh, an investor a couple of weeks ago talked about a deal and he said, I'm actually looking for the next Indianapolis. 
I'm wondering if mm-hmm. Lexington could be at not necessarily number size, but something that would compare and be similar as far as rent growth. So, you know, the, it's out there because right. we're marketing properties, but I think word is getting out also about great stuff that's happening in Kentucky and, you know, be it your lithium battery plants or that type of thing. Bourbon has helped a little bit too, Yona. Mm. You know, we're <laughs> bourbon is especially with COVID, you know, people were <laughs> locked indoors. Yeah. Drank a lot more. It's a nine billion dollar industry for our state, which is amazing to think through. But wow. we people come and do the bourbon tour and you know, they want to buy and visit properties on the way. That's pretty cool. You know what? Maybe we should check that out one day. I have yet to be uh one of the few states I have not visited is Kentucky. So we got to put it on the agenda. Come on down and check out the bourbon trail. Absolutely. That's exciting. Yeah. So back to what you're saying about the advice to younger investors. I think I cut you off there, but what you were talking about is, you know, just studying the markets, understanding you know, the numbers and getting used to, you know, dealing with people. I mean, I think this is a people business more than anything else more than almost any other type of business. I mean, sales in general, but when you're dealing with real estate, it's a people business. So what are some of your you know, advice or tips on that side of the business? Yeah. I think when I think about you know, brokerage in particular and starting and advice to those people or mm-hmm. even investing in getting started, God's gift to commercial real estate is momentum. So when I sit back and think, what could I post on LinkedIn or what could I you know, someone called me and said, I'm thinking about starting in this business. Mm-hmm. My immediate thought is, what would create a small snowball that would begin to roll into something bigger? Understanding, of course, that it's going to take years and years, but momentum yeah. can begin with one relationship that becomes two, one property that becomes a portfolio. So really anything you can do in the brokerage world to build momentum I encourage people to do say yes mm-hmm. to the rep. You know, there's a lot of younger brokers out there that I feel like are pretty choosy with their deals. When I first started, I would basically do any deal. I did a lease one time and remember making like $37. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's true. Like I can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is funny. <laughs> but the reason I did it is because I wasn't counting an amount of money. Like I started counting quality transactions. You know, could I do mm-hmm. 45 quality transactions, meaning two parties, both satisfied, both happy, transaction complete, sale done, lease signed. If you know, and if you can do 45 quality transactions a year, you do not have to worry about the money part. Like the money part will follow, mm-hmm. you know. So I encourage people to get out there Absolutely. and say yes to the rep and start to build momentum. The other thing, obviously, is a mentor. You know, I think in this business, it's Mm. extremely difficult to learn the ins and outs without seeing someone early on exhibit deal flow. And, you know, that there's just some instinctual things that come with doing commercial real estate deals that you, I think they're best picked up. Call it a style is best picked up as you work Mm -hmm. with someone early on. So if you're young out there and you're thinking, I want to get into this business, but I'm you know, I'm getting this opportunity where I'm going to have to work with this guy. My split's not so great. Do it. It doesn't matter. Like if you can get into the game and learn deal flow, you can be very dangerous long-term in this business. Yeah. hundred percent. That's a pretty common theme also that I hear from a lot of my guests on the show and, and people in general. I mean, having whatever business you're in, get a mentor, right? If you mm-hmm. want to go and you want to learn how to invest in real estate, find someone who's done it 
before you, right? Find someone who is successful and just sit with them and learn with them. And I have the, you know, the honor and privilege right now to actually be training, you know, an assistant, someone who's working with me. And it's just like, as we're going through and she's, you know, sitting on calls with me and, you know, talking every day and going through stuff. And I'm just like, I wish I had someone like this, you know, a few years ago to do this for me, because you just grow so much exponentially faster because all of the questions that you had or all of the things that maybe you weren't comfortable with, you're able to just get out there and deal with it and see it in real life. I'm like, oh, that wasn't that scary. That wasn't too difficult. You know, we have all these fears like, I've never done a, you know, a sale lease back before. How am I going to do that? Like, I don't even know what that means or whatever it is that you're stuck on. And if you have someone that you're working with and you've seen them do it, then it's just, it's comes so much easier. Yeah. And you get over those fears, you know, as you build that momentum and you get hundreds of quality transactions under your belt, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you're fearless as you approach a situation and you're not afraid to say, actually, I don't know the exact angle I would take on this quite yet, or I may need a little time to, to understand your exact situation. Yeah, You may have to talk to a tax specialist or something like that in that area, but you do understand the world enough to say, look, I can jump in, take on anything. You really can. I mean, really, I mean, it's kind of cliche, but if you put your mind to it, you really can accomplish anything. And especially if you have people that you can see right in front of you who have done that same thing that you're wanting to do and done it successfully, right? Team up with them and just surround yourself with that. I'll take some free advice since I'm on your show. (laughs) Go for it. What's important to you? Like, what are you seeing out there as you see people build a commercial real estate brand, whether it be a broker or a specialist or you know, maybe they're a principal of a group. What are you seeing that's meaningful to you? So what's meaningful to me obviously won't necessarily be meaningful to everyone else and maybe a little bit different sure. than your traditional, you know, sense of the word. But to me, what's meaningful are number one and first and foremost is trustworthiness and integrity. Right. If I can see that that person mm-hmm. says what, you know, does what they say they're gonna do and do what they say they're gonna do on both sides of things, right? You know, you mean what you say and you say what you mean, right? To be in through and through that integrity is paramount to me. So that takes time to really get to know someone in that regard. And so, I mean, from what I'm looking at, you know, you're very localized, right? And so you're in Lexington, obviously you're dealing with people from all over the country, but you're dealing with property owners, right? You're trying to deal with right, buyers, with sellers who are looking local. When I'm looking at someone more nationally, or I'm looking for someone like you, let's say I'm decide, hey, I like the Lexington market. I want to talk to a broker. I'm going to look to someone who has a a little bit of a track record at least, right? Which means that they're not just a newbie starting out trying to fake it till they make it. I'd much rather have someone that is a newbie Mm -hmm. and very transparent about it and sharing their journey and showing what they're doing along the way than someone that's a newbie and saying, I've closed $10 billion in transactions, right? (laughs) You know, it's kind of hard. Like I know someone who said, you know, one time I met with and they were saying, oh yeah, I did, you know, over a hundred million in deal transactions, right? This year. I was like, wow, hundred million in in deal trend. Like, what do you do? He's like, well, I'm an underwriter. Oh, okay. Well, what does that mean? It means that you underwrote a (laughs) hundred million in deals, right? So if you don't dig deep into the question, then you don't really, you know, get the honest truth about it. But if you're upfront and honest about it, I think that's more important than anything else. Yeah. So trustworthiness is absolutely. And I think from a brokerage standpoint, I mean, that's crucial. There's a couple of ways I try to bring that into, you know, my, I guess, brand or 
just sharing who I am with the world. One of those things is my family. Mm-hmm. One of those things that I feel like has changed from yeah. sort of old school marketing in commercial real estate. I'm certainly not an expert on you know old school marketing or what it is, but it. I think on LinkedIn, I've seen people bring more of their family and personal life, their fears, their hopes, their goals, their dreams. To me, that's I see more of a whole person in that. I see a, right. an easier person to trust. You can relate to them more, also. Yeah, you know, where someone's saying, "This is who I am," and I'm happy to share it with the world. Of course, on LinkedIn, you don't want to be all personal, right. but when that's thrown in appropriately, it feels like that's a person I can be friends with. That's someone I want to work with. So I appreciate that comment because trustworthiness is paramount. That's awesome. I love that. Well, Justin, time flies over here. I want to jump into what we call the final four. These are four questions I ask all my guests. First question, what is the worst job that you ever had? Oh, (laughs) I worked in a baseball card store, sixth and seventh grade, and it was a fun job, but unfortunately I was paid in baseball cards. And when I traded all those in a few years back, I had enough to buy lunch at Tropical Smoothie. I think I had to bring a little to that transaction. So those were not long-term. That was not a profitable job. We'll say that. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm assuming you, you know, this wasn't last year. You were probably a kid uh, of some age. Yeah. Oh, I was in middle school and the guy made a great deal. He said, Hey, I'd like you to work here, but I'd like to pay you baseball cards. And I was like, cool. That's great. So. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, as long as you can trade them with other people or sell them, you know, it could be lucrative business, you know, offer. Absolutely. I was into baseball cards and, and those cards a little bit when I was a kid. So I can relate to that. I probably would have taken a job like that if I had an offer, <laughs> <laughs> not knowing any better. Second question, what's a book you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? Okay. So I'll grab a book I just finished. If you read this one, Fiona, Changing World Order, Ray Dalio. Not yet, but I've seen it and I've seen it quoted a, a few times recently. Yeah, I put it on your list. Great in-depth study into economic cycles, learned a ton. He doesn't do a ton of predicting the future. You know, it's more about studying the past and looking at sort of based on all these mm-hmm. indicators, where are we now in our current cycle, our country cycle, the world cycle. Pretty fascinating. Yeah, economics are fascinating to study, especially when you get into seeing who the powers that be are that are really controlling some of those economic factors. You know, another one that was recommended on this show a few times, which I've gotten into is The Creature from Jekyll Island by G. Edward Griffin. Incredible book, just talking about, you know, the Federal Reserve and about how money and currency works. And it really related to a lot of things going on in the economic, you know, turbulence of the world. He does actually make some predictions. So a little bit different and successfully made some predictions. So yeah, definitely check that one out. So third question to you, what's a skill or talent that you would like to learn? And this could be anything. Uh, it's a great question. I think I would. it's a little bit cliche, but I'd say golf. I am terrible, worse than bad at the sport. And a lot of the guys around my office play. There's a big opportunity if you can, you know, go out and be a even a decent golfer, which I'm not. So I've sort of operated under the Steve Jobs attitude of like who has time for golf. You know, I don't really have time for that. And I think it would be fun to to actually be proficient. So well, there you go. All right. Well, I wish you luck with that new endeavor. Whenever you do it. Fourth and final question: What does success mean to you? What does success mean? I actually just wrote down recently, success to me means to build faith meaningfully, build family memorably, 
and build business monumentally. So those three things, faith, family, and business, you know, looking at those as not a project to be built, but a journey to be built. And what I input on the way in many of those things take, for instance, the second one, family memories. I mean, a ton of what I do and am aimed at right now in life is creating memories for my kids. I have three daughters and, you know, they are right now experiencing the, what they're going to look back and say was my childhood. I want that to be awesome. I want it to be full. I want it to be a full journey with cool places. Certainly there's going to be challenges, but I want them to look back and think my faith grew, my heart grew, my character grew. Mm. And I got to see my dad and mom, my wife, Libby, obviously I got to see them with integrity. Kind of like you said, you know, I trusted them and they did all they could to provide and build great memories with us. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, good for you. That's a beautiful definition. And it sounds like it took some time and really thoughtfulness to come up with that clearly. And and I love it. I'm probably going to adopt that a little bit to my own, my own view, which is very similar. So thank you for that. And finally, where can our listeners find you or reach out to you? Yeah, I would say check out LinkedIn. I'm sure you'll link to my profile in there. I've been on a, a journey on that platform since January of 2021 is when I started writing consistently. So going on a couple of years and loving it. I recently started on Twitter about a month ago, similar content, but breaking into the commercial real estate teams that are cool. there, the commercial real estate world that's there. And then my dream is to do video in some way, shape or form. I'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure how yet. I've got a couple of plans, but I, I think, you know, I'm passionate about informing clients I'd like to do more education about local things specific to my clients. I'm also very passionate about, you know, doing this well, mm-hmm. raising the bar in the commercial real estate brokerage industry, marketing in that arena, you know, what stories are told and how are they yeah. are told. I feel like in 2022, one of the coolest opportunities in commercial real estate is the fact that mm-hmm. you get to be a storyteller. It's not just math. You know, it's not just building brochures and selling buildings. You get to tell stories about that and present yourself along the way. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm experimenting with that. Like I would say I'm on a journey with figuring out what are the best platforms to do that and the best mediums to do that. And, you know, you've been a huge help with that. Like, I don't think without your understanding who you were initially and what you were doing on LinkedIn, I don't think I would have gone as deep as I have and continue to do. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you. That's awesome. It's so good to hear. Well, it's been a true pleasure, Justin. I wish you much continued success on this journey. I know it's going to take you places and excited to see where that goes. And I'm serious about the visit to Lexington one of these days. We can see both. We'd love to host you. All right. Awesome. And to our listeners, thank you guys for joining all the way until the end. I'm sure you got something out about this. I certainly did. Remember, the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I wanna ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I wanna hear from you guys. So I wanna hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, 
please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.